ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Member FDIC. It is Monday, November 8th. Your drive begins now here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the White Claw phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. White Claw hard seltzer, it is made pure. The text line also open 304-523-2275. We'll get your text in. We'll clean up what we have left over from a very good victory. Marshall beating FAU Saturday 28-13. Marshall kick returner Jaden Harrison named Conference USA Special Teams Player of the Week. You bring the opening kickoff back 99 yards and put the herd up real quick. You get the Conference USA Special Teams Player of the Week award. There's no debate there. That was an exciting play. Of course, FAU would answer and answer quickly. Maybe... Any other normal Marshall team, you might have felt a little bad about that, but I was really happy with the way that the herd kept its composure. I was very pleased with the response. I mean, FAU's a good team. That's a tough team there. And now the Conference USA standings look like this. Marshall in the East Division tied with Western Kentucky at 4-1. and one. Charlotte, FAU, 3-2. and two. So some work to do there for both of those teams. Middle Tennessee, Old Dominion, both at 2-3, and three, and then FIU is at 0-5. So not looking good there for FIU. Of course, they're 1-8. Their season's pretty much done as it stands. The only thing FIU can do as a program is spoil Marshall events in Olympic sports. Marshall Volleyball not going to the postseason tournament. FIU getting the victory against the Herd on Saturday. Marshall got the previous night's victory on Friday, so you're hopeful that Marshall could get the sweep at home. Not the case, so unfortunately, volleyball is done. And then soccer losing against FIU. We're going to go over all of that a little bit later on. As I mentioned, we'll get your text in. We'll do that again at 304-523-2275, 304-523-2275. Thundering Hurt, however, victorious. Coach Huff, he was a pretty good mood after the game. Here's what he had to say. Obviously really proud of the way the guys fought tonight. Um, that's a good football team over there, um, FAU, really good football team. Created a lot of challenges for us, but um, I thought we did a really good job of playing complimentary football. Um, I thought the defense stepped up when we needed it to. I thought the offense made some plays there when we needed it to. Obviously, special teams continues to improve. Um, so we got to continue to focus on the things we need to do to get the results we want this week. You know, we can't look too far ahead. Um, really good job tonight. Really proud of the players. Really proud of the coaches. Our preparation is starting to show. Um, you know, the things we work on in practice, the things we harp on in practice um, are starting to show up on the field. A lot of things to get cleaned up. Way too many penalties tonight. Again, that's the discipline part. It starts us off in first and 15 or gives them an opportunity to move the ball. So still some stuff to learn from. Um, but I think, you know, overall, I think we're starting to play really good football as a team. Uh, we just got to find a way to keep, keep it going. I agree with him. Marshall cleans up penalties, cleans up turnovers. On the positive side of the plus-minus number, this team right now could be sitting a little bit better on the record, maybe 7-2, and two, maybe 8-1. and one. Whatever the case may be, those games doesn't matter now. Marshall only concerned with the next game, and the next game, of course, coming up is going to be Marshall against UAB. A lot of juice, I'm sure, going to be generated for this one coming up because 
This is the rematch of the 2021 Conference USA Championship, right? Right? This is the uh, 2020 Conference Championship. My, my mistake there. Let me correct that. So this was the matchup between Marshall and UAB in 2020. Marshall, of course, losing the Conference USA Championship to UAB. So I'm sure there's going to be um, – I don't know how much you can go back and look at that film. New coach, new coaching staff, new everything. But, yeah, this has got to be in the back of their mind as far as the players are concerned. We're going to find out later this week what they're thinking and what Coach Huff is thinking because, after all, he's got to get his team ready. He knows that there's going to be some – some lingering thoughts in the back of a lot of these players' minds. How is he going to tap into that? How is he going to control that? So we'll hear from Coach Huff tomorrow, his media availability coming up. Conference expansion is still in the news. Maybe not as much. It's not as prominent as it was last week, the week before. The Sun Belt getting James Madison adding to the collection. So now Sun Belt pretty much done, it looks like. I don't anticipate anything else happening for the Sun Belt. The American, pretty much done right now. I don't anticipate anything else. Mid-American Conference next on the block here. Conference USA making additions over the weekend. And now we're looking at the Mid-American Conference. Will the Mid-American Conference be able to bring in Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee? Now, Brett McMurphy seems to have the pulse of college realignment pretty much nailed down. He knows what's going on. And he tweeted out earlier today that no final decision on Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee to the Mid-American Conference. His sources are saying it depends if Middle Tennessee will go. If so, the MAC's going to add both teams. If Middle Tennessee stays in Conference USA, the MAC is not going to invite. It's pretty likely they're not going to invite Western Kentucky. Mid-American Conference just doesn't want to add one team. It would like to have two. The deal here is the finances are not working out for the Mid-American Conference's um, offer maybe to Middle Tennessee or the travel. Something is, is, is right now hanging it up. And it's finances. It's motivated on the Middle Tennessee side of things. So could it be travel? Could it be the money that the Mid-American Conference generates, the travel expenditure. There's a lot of things going on. The math may be just not adding up right now for Middle Tennessee. We'll find out soon. If the Mid-American Conference does not invite Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee and Conference USA stays with its new configuration, there's no more adding to be done. Conference USA will be complete as far as this go around, or at least in the short term. Because you're going to have enough teams. And that's going to be a great, I think, great save for Conference USA. It might not be the best situation, but it's going to be a good save nonetheless for Conference USA. Really, I'll, st- I'll stick with great. It's going to be a great save. Because now you look at the league, you'll have – a situation where you have a little bit better of a of a map. Not much. The map's not going to be that much better. But you'll have FIU, Louisiana Tech, and UTEP adding new members. And the travel, of course, you got to figure this out. Liberty, New Mexico State, that's going to be good for UTEP. Jacksonville State, Sam Houston. So you're trying to figure out what your configurations are going to look like. And then 
if you can retain Middle Tennessee and keep Western Kentucky, you're going to have some, some stronger members back because you can build with FIU, Louisiana Tech, UTEP, Western, Middle. You can build with those levels of, of membership because you're going to have the five core that are left, and then you're going to add Liberty, six, New Mexico State, seven, Jacksonville State, eight, Sam Houston, nine. So you'll be fine. You'll have nine. That's a number you can work with. You need eight. You gotta have you gotta have eight. That's the deal. NCAA minimum mandate, eight schools for FBS leagues. Those two schools stay. You don't have to add any other program and you're you're ready to go. You get to keep your your credits, you get to maintain your status. It's not necessarily going to be the most attractive league as far as I'm concerned. I don't think if you're a Marshall fan, you want to compete in this league. And I was asked this question on our post game the other night. And I was asked, why do I think it's a better move and not have university speak? And I thought, okay, yeah, I can do that. Because, one, I'm definitely not a, a source of, uh, of information at the behest of the university. I'm, I'm not the university's mouthpiece, and the university has never asked me to be its mouthpiece. Basically, uh, it's a great relationship I have with Marshall. I, I'm fair, and they recognize that I am fair, and as long as I'm fair, I have opinions, we're good. And so I wanted to qualify that because you know, I just thought, okay, I'm not, I'm not selling the company line here. I genuinely believe that this is a better move for Marshall, even with Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee staying, if those two programs stay in Conference USA, I still think this is a better move for Marshall. I like the geography, for one. I like the fact that you're going to have a situation where the league has a nice couple of corridors here, and you're not – leapfrogging over states to get to your other conference members. West Virginia. You've got Virginia connected. It makes perfect sense. You're going to be connected to Coastal Carolina. You're going to be able to get to Appalachian State. You're going to be able to get to these schools a little bit better. And I think it's going to be competitive. Soccer is going to be competitive. That's not the driving force here, but I think football is going to be super competitive. It's going to be compelling I'm interested in these new matchups, and I'm interested in the old-time matchups. So I think this is a better situation as far as where Marshall's concerned. And, of course, if Marshall decided to stay, you would make it work. And, of course, you can make it work with Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee. I agree. Those are great rivalries to have. But at the end of the day, I don't think that Marshall should base its conference realignment just because you have a couple of schools – that you like playing in Conference USA because you can say that for every league. There's a couple of schools you would like to play in the American. East Carolina, for example. And with the Sun Belt, you can play Appalachian State. You can play Old Dominion. You can play Southern Miss. You can play Coastal Carolina, James Madison. These all are going to make perfect sense for the Thundering Herd. Now, Conference realignment, not the only thing happening today. Of course, 
we're getting set for high school football in the state of West Virginia. The matchups we care about are primarily in AAA this year. Number 16, Wheeling Park, is going to make the trip to take on number one, Huntington. That's coming up Friday night. That's a 7.30 kick. And as a programming reminder, we've got Marshall basketball on Friday, so we will carry the Marshall basketball game on our sister station, 93.7 The Dog. So the radio broadcast, and it's going to be video streamed as well. So that will be our Kindred Digital Game of the Week. It will be video streamed, and it also will be on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. So you've got options. You can follow along. If you're going to the Marshall game, you can follow along and listen to the Huntington Highlanders. If you're going to the Huntington game, you can follow along and listen to the Marshall game. We've got you covered there. And then number 12, South Charleston, will face off against number 5, Cabell Midland. So the Knights get a home game. That's also going to be set for Friday night. Looks like 7.30 as well. So two home games on Friday for the local teams. Saturday, number 11, Hurricane, takes on number 6, Jefferson. That's going to be a 1.30 kick. And then Princeton, you might have heard this is going to be a Friday night game, but it's changed to Saturday. Number 10, Princeton, will face off against 7th-ranked Spring Valley. This is going to be Saturday at 1.30 p.m., there were some issues going on as far as buses were concerned, so Saturday makes more sense for the travel here. So number 10, Princeton, number 7, Spring Valley, that's coming up on Saturday. That'll be over on our sister station, 92.7 and 98.5, the planet. Now matchups in Class AA we're most interested in will be number 14, Bluefield, taking on number 3, Point Pleasant. That's Saturday at 1.30 p.m. And then number 12, Liberty Raleigh, takes on number 5, Polka. That coming up as well on Friday at 7.30 p.m. So that's what the high school playoffs look like. Congratulations to Huntington, Cabell Midland, Spring Valley, and our area, immediate area, of course, also to Polka and to Point Pleasant. Huntington High, number one team overall. Remember last year this team was struggling to get a victory? Wasn't that the football was bad. It's just for whatever reason, Huntington High could not get over the hump. Now you go from three wins to ten wins in a single season. Congratulations to Huntington High head football coach Billy Seals. And, of course, it's going to be tough. You're not an automatic uh, punch your ticket. You're in the championship here. You still got to deal with some really good teams. And, of course, I think Spring Valley and Cabell Midland are going to make good runs as well. I wouldn't be surprised if Huntington, Cabell Midland, and or Spring Valley in in any, any year – it's going to be maybe one of these teams making a run for the championship, but I think all three of them have the capability to make a run for the championship. So, you know, I would like to play Huntington, Cabell, Midland, or Spring Valley if I'm in that playoff bracket. And, of course, Spring Valley beating Martinsburg a couple weeks ago. Round two, more than likely heading up the Martinsburg. That should be fun, but we can't look ahead to next week. we got to stay with this week, and Spring Valley is taking on Princeton. Marshall basketball was in action last night. It was exhibition play, but Marshall gets the victory over U Pike, 86-59. We'll tell you more about that when we continue. Still to come as well, I had a chance to catch up with Tony Kemper. He had a media availability earlier today, so I talked to him. I also talked to Savannah Wheeler. She is four-wheeler. Uh, I asked her about why she's four-wheeler now, just why she's embraced that. I'm saving that for tomorrow. 
I'm saving that question for tomorrow, but we're going to hear from her today as well as Coach Kemper. All of this coming up when we continue with today's edition of The Drive, live from the Union Pub and Grill right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank, the local bank that's here for every step of your life's journey. Member FDIC. For those of you who maybe weren't watching the Bengals get destroyed by the Browns on Sunday, you went over to the Henderson Center to watch Marshall exhibition play take on U-Pike. They're heard, I don't want to say they get off to a slow start in that first half, but it was pretty contested. The first half was pretty contested. The second half, a little bit better. As far as what you're expecting, Marshall gets the victory 86-59. Andrew Taylor in that game, 17 points. Darius George had 13. Tavion Kinsey really didn't pop off the way I thought Tavion would. And I'm not worried yet. There's no real worry about why the guys maybe just did not have explosive games. And part of that is because, according to Dan D'Antoni in his post game yesterday, he said that this team hasn't found its roles yet. The players just haven't found their roles yet on offense. We haven't learned to find our roles offensively. Uh, what people do, I think all of them are trying to be the space and spot up guy, and that's not who we are. I thought second half, started doing a few more pick and rolls. Uh, Gorn showed some flashes of uh, being a big and doing some things that the biggest guy on the floor can do. Uh, Andy obviously was good. Tavion's shot wasn't where it's going to be, but uh, he hasn't gotten a rhythm offensively, but I'm not too worried about that. That's going to that's gonna happen. He felt that Andy had a good game. Of course, uh, he also said that he expects more out of him when his um, – when he was asked about that yesterday. And the threes just weren't falling last night for Andrew Taylor. It, it kind of felt like, yeah, he wasn't in a full rhythm yet. And he talked about that last night, why those threes just weren't falling for him early. Uh, I felt like at the beginning we were kind of stagnant. Um, I felt like it was almost like a pickup game a little bit. I felt like a lot of our threes weren't really coming within our offense, um, which is partly, mostly, honestly, mostly my fault because I'm a point guard, so I got to get that together. Uh, just doing, doing what we do, really, at the beginning. I think that would help, help out a lot. And just uh, the freshmen, I think the freshmen did really well, especially AT and Chase uh, coming in and picking and rolling, you know, just doing what we do. And if they can do that, then we'll get them the ball and they'll score. That's a pretty good philosophy. Get them the ball and they'll score. Now, Marshall plays for real. Not that these exhibition games, you think of them as just pickup games. They're real. They just don't keep the score and records the way they do when it counts in the regular season. So now the mindset maybe changes a little bit more, and Andrew Taylor talked about that in getting ready for Wright State coming up on Friday. As soon as this game is over, me and Tay, you know, we just tell you, he's like, it's real. It's real now. We're ready. Um, we've got to get ready this week. Uh, there's going to be a lot of unknowns. I mean, still, because we we got so many good guys, it's, it's going to be tough, like, you know, it's just gonna it's just gonna be a battle, uh, not only between us, but on Friday it's gonna be a battle. Um, Wright State was definitely a scrappy game last year, um, and I'm sure they'll be ready to come in here and get us back after we got them there last year. Andrew Taylor remembering last year and knowing that okay, we got to be on our best. 
best footing when you take on a team that will remember what happened last season. So that's Marshall basketball again, beating U Pike exhibition play yesterday at the Cam Henderson Center, 86 to 59. Action for real tomorrow at the Henderson Center as the Marshall women will face off against Bluefield State. I talked to Tony Kemper a few days ago about his team coming up and this matchup. I got a chance to catch up with him again. He had a little bit more to say about Bluefield State. We'll hear from him and Savannah Wheeler when we continue with today's edition of The Drive. We're coming to you live from the Union Pub and Grill with the Monday special, $1.50 bottles and $2 call shots every Monday here at the Union Pub and Grill. More coming up on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. We're coming to you live from the Union Pub and Grill. Monday special, $1.50 bottles, $2 call shots. You get that every Monday here at the Union Pub and Grill. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for joining me for today's edition of The Drive. We've got a busy sports week ahead of us. Cliche as that may sound, it's really ramping up. we got basketball action coming up this week. Coach Hoff getting ready for football, taking on a very, I think, beat up you. Really, let, let, me, let me just put it to you this way. I think UAB is better than that record. And I know I'm not going to use that tomorrow on, on the presser, but I really think UAB better than that record. But Marshall will be taking on a team that beat the program for a championship last year. That's definitely going to be an interesting dynamic to see what happens. Plus, it's – now, I don't know if they're calling it the 75 game or we're just going to remember that it's the game closest to November 14th. You know, I don't know what Coach Huff is going to say about that, but years past, the Thundering Herd would wear the 75 on the helmet. Doc Holliday – turning this into the 75 game. So I'm kind of curious to see where Coach Huff takes it. That's coming up tomorrow. Also coming up tomorrow, Marshall, the women are in action taking on Bluefield State. 6 o'clock at the Cam Henderson Center. If you are in the area, you're looking for some Thundering Herd basketball to entertain you, this will be the place to be as Coach Kemper getting set to open up the regular season. Now, when I spoke to him a few days ago, and if you missed that interview, let me remind you, if you missed that or any interview that we do or any show that we do, you just can't catch it live, you can always go and get it back on our podcast page. That's right. You can follow us, be a follower on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. So we didn't have really a scout on Bluefield State the other day when we talked about it. Well, today during Coach Kemper's media availability, we've got a scout. Bluefield State has a game under its belt and Coach Kemper talked about what they were about in that first matchup and how Marshall's going to have to go out and play them. Yeah, I mean, first of all, they, they started the year with the win on the road, um, you know, and, and they made some big shots at the end of the game to, to get it done. So, you know, hats off to them to start the year. They've got a new coach, so they're learning a different system and things like that. And very tight game that they made some, some really nice plays in the last couple minutes to win the game. So, you know, I think uh, – to, to lead off the year like that for them, I think, is important. And, uh, you know, so I think they'll come in here and be excited for the opportunity to play at Marshall. And, and we've got to match that with our energy level. And, um, you know, and then we've it, – it is still very early in the year. So we can make some uh, 
we can make some assumptions about what we think they're going to do, but we need to be, I guess, the preparation that we've put forward to this point in possibly a whole bunch of different areas, it, it will come to, to test tomorrow, which is are we ready uh, if they throw different things at us. So I think it's more about ourselves and, and being in the right um, frame of mind to go compete and you know maybe look at what's out there and, and what they're doing and then adjusting on the fly and, and uh, putting that training to good use and, and playing through those, those different things. But, um, you know, we're going to be a similar team to what we've always been. Um, we're we're going to be, we're going to play man defense. We're uh, going to hopefully make it hard on you, get easy shots. And our team understands that that's going to be a part of who we are. And, and I think based on what I've seen that we're ready to, to have that first test. When I was talking to Coach Kemper earlier, we're now closer to the game than we were. Go. So he has to have some idea, right, about his team, the depth he thinks he has, and what his rotation looks like. And he talked about that with me. We've got a deep group, which I, I really like. And, and we've had an, a number of people play well through practice, through, through scrimmages, different things like that. Um, I, I think that we, we like any team at this point. We've probably got a group that we're more comfortable with than some of the others that maybe consistency um, is, is maybe what the separator is. But I, I, it is early in the year. You do try to figure out um, what your rotations are. Um, some of these players... Uh, we have not seen the bright lights and see how they respond in that stuff. So it's a learning process for them as well. But I, I know we have a lot that I'm confident in. And, uh, you know, we're going to start with the group. We're going to sub some people in and out. And shouldn't be a lot of drop-off. That's my expectations. And I, I think our team um, up and down the roster, I think, expects the same thing. He talked about that. He's looking for good performances. And I wanted to know where he expects the best performance. Who's he looking to? Where is he looking at as far as that bench, that depth concern? Who's going to have a good season for him? And he said it started with his seniors. You know, I think first of all, the seniors. And I think we have three quality seniors that have played a lot at some of them. Um, actually, all of them, most of their minutes are somewhere else. But they have quickly ingrained themselves here. Um, to the way that we play, and they've brought their experience and the, and the stuff that they've gone through at other places in here. Um, they practice hard every day. They understand leadership. They know what it's supposed to look like. So I, I think it starts with them. Um, you know, Savannah Wheeler, obviously, she's had a tremendous career to this point, and it's very, very young in her career. So I, I don't think anybody that's sitting in my chair or anybody that's watched us play, anyone that's played against us, um, expects her to drop off. I mean, I, I think we expect a lot out of Saf. She understands that. She welcomes that. She's she's good with it. So I think she needs to have a good year. You know, and then we have we have a bunch of others that have been here in various roles. Lorelai Roper, we need a lot out of her. Kia Civils has played well to this point. Um, you know, and I can honestly go on and on and on. Cece Mays, I think the last she, she is physical. She's tough. And she's young, and I think she showed flashes of it last year. I think she shows it more consistently now, and I expect a lot out of her. So I could go kind of on and on about various people and what I think they can bring. Um, you know. But I, I think up and down, I think the, the point is it looks to me like we're ready to, to have the lights on and, and see how we perform um, when it's go time. Well, that's kind of what I wanted, Coach. I want you to talk about everybody. You, so feel free. 
That's it. That's the point. Tell me about everybody. One t- player he mentioned, Savannah Wheeler, she was part of the availability earlier today. And I asked her, now I'm just going to tease for tomorrow. I wanted to know how she's embraced four-wheeler. But four-wheeler, Savannah, Sav, if you listen to Coach, whatever her nickname's going to be, she was excited to be back. Really, I'm, I'm just excited just to be just to be back. Um, we have every, we have mostly everybody back. We have the two newcomers. Um, they bring experiences and uh, Kennedy Cocall, she brought experience previously. Um, just kind of like what Coach Kipper said, you know, we have several seniors that bring all leadership and just people that are came back, underclassmen and ones that are junior. Um, you know, it's just good. It's just good to play with them. Um, just everything that they do. It's just high intensity, and you know that that's what our team is. You know, we just want to have high intensity. So expect high intensity, according to Savannah Wheeler. Now, one question that was asked: You've got a new player transferring in from Xavier, Aliyah Dunham. Now, this gives Marshall the opportunity to move Savannah from the one to the two. So she can be the two guard now. And she was asked what her experiences are in the past as far as playing that position. What does she expect? And she basically said, look, I've been a one all my life, and that's where we go with her comments. Mainly I've been a one pretty much my whole life through elementary, middle school, and high school. But, um, you know, bringing Aliyah in bringing is a big help for us. Um, me and her actually played on the same AU team when we were a lot younger for the West Virginia Thunder. So, you know, we both kind of like knew each other, like how we, play, like our style of play. And, um, you know, coach was just telling me that, you know, if you're, you can be the two, like you can still be the one, but it's just, just not as much. You know, last year I was the one and um, just bringing her in um, just is real helpful. So you can see Savannah Wheeler playing the one. You can see her playing the two. You have a little bit more depth and versatility there. That's going to probably give some teams a little bit more of a, a look that they're not used to. Should be excited with Dunham added to the roster, with Savannah Wheeler where she's heading. I think Marshall's going to have a pretty good season here in women's basketball. We'll find out tomorrow at the Cam Henderson Center, at least the first game, Bluefield State. That's at 6 p.m. Now, when talking to Savannah Wheeler, one of the things that she was asked was, personally, what has she worked on in the offseason? What's she been doing to get ready for this upcoming game and this upcoming season? The one aspect, aspect I lack at is defense. So um, just working on just getting a little bit quicker, uh, not trying to foul as much. I tend to foul a little bit, so I just limit my fouls and just start just moving my feet and just – start understanding the principles of defense in college basketball a little bit more. So I just took basically what I did my freshman year and my sophomore year and just was just building on that, just knowing where to be at in each spot because, you know, college is a lot different than high school. So it's just – it's a transition. So it's just you take from what I did in the past and just build on that. So mainly it was just defense. Play defense. 
That's always a skill to have, play defense. That's Savannah Wheeler. We'll hear more from her tomorrow. Tony Kemper as well as Marshall will face Bluefield State. That's 6 o'clock again at the Henderson Center. And we're going to hear the story of four-wheeler. I mean, coaches calling her Sav. They're calling her four-wheeler. She's embraced four-wheeler. We'll talk to her about that. I mean, when you go to the game tomorrow, you'll see it on their jersey. If you've never noticed, really, you've not paid attention to those things, Marshall's jerseys put the name below the number. So you'll see four, and then you'll see Wheeler. And some student bodies caught on to that early, and now it's a thing. That's Savannah Wheeler once again. All right, when we continue, we're going to get your text in. Let's do that at 304-523-2275. That's 304-523-2275. We will get your text in. We'll talk a little Marshall soccer. It was not a good end to the regular season, but at the same time, the new season has begun. That's postseason. Marshall still has a chance to win the Conference USA Tournament Championship. We'll talk about that tomorrow. We will, of course, talk basketball and get you set for football. But today, we're going to focus on soccer when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. We're coming to you today from the Union Pub and Grill. Paul Swan, your host here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive. Thanks for tuning in. Soccer did not end the regular season the way it wanted to against FIU, number 19 FIU. So Marshall's number one ranking probably going to drop. You can start building that back up by winning the Conference USA Tournament. So Marshall finishes the regular season 11-2-3 overall, 5-1-2 in conference play. The Herd's only league loss, well, the season finale at number 19 FIU. The Panthers, by virtue of the win, earned the top seed overall. So on Wednesday, November 10th, the first round looks like this. Game one is going to be the fifth seed, Coastal Carolina, against the four-seed Kentucky. That is going to be at 4.30 p.m., that's going to be on ESPN+. Plus. Now, game two will be six-seed FAU taking on the three-seed Charlotte also on ESPN+. Plus. That's set for 7 p.m. The semifinals, that's where we check in. Marshall will be in game number two. Game one winner will feature the winner versus FIU at 4.30 p.m. And then game two winner, which will be FAU versus Charlotte, the winner of that matchup, will take on the Thundering Herd. That'll be set for 7 o'clock, and again, that's on Friday, November 12th. I told you, it was cliche-sounding and all, but we do have a busy week when it comes to sports. As I mentioned, we got basketball tomorrow. We have soccer coming up on Friday. We got high school sports on Friday. We have got basketball for the men on Friday. We got a lot going on, so... Those of you maybe more in the realm of soccer, you can watch that one on ESPN+. And then Sunday, it will be the championship game between the winners of Game 3 and Game 4. Hopefully that will be Marshall taking on either FIU or Coastal or Kentucky. I'm hoping it's Marshall-FIU once again. You want a second shot at them, right? If you're Marshall right now, you want that rematch. You want that redemption. And if I'm Chris Grassy. I'm building a chip on these kids' shoulders. 
maybe the chip wasn't as big as it was last season. I mean, after all, you're the defending national champions, right? You're the champs. You got the swagger. You got the gold belt. You got the trophy, whatever you want to say. But you're the champs. Everyone and every program is gunning for you. Players are gunning for you. Teams collectively gunning for you. I mean, you're the big kid now. You got the, you got the hardware. Got to put that thing up now to defend it. Got it. time to defend the title. And so if you come in there like you're, we're the champs, yeah, you might get knocked off. If you come in with that chip you had last year, and let me tell you, it was big. It was massive. Saw that all the way from North Carolina, how big that chip was when Marshall was in the tournament. Got to have that chip to come in and win this conference championship once again. Plus, everyone's talking about how great you are, how great the program is. If you're on that team, you're getting a lot of attention here. I mean, the Sun Belt restarted soccer, not directly, but in part because Marshall leaving Conference USA to go to the Sun Belt, soccer had to have a home, and now the Sun Belt has enough teams to reconstitute soccer. So already you're being thrown in there as this is going to be one of the best soccer leagues out there once it gets started. Got to win that conference championship. Got to get back in the NCAA tournament. Most and most likely, Marshall's getting in. Marshall's getting in. I anticipate an at-large of three or four total for Conference USA. Marshall FIU getting in for sure. I would say it's safe to say maybe Kentucky is in that mix. And would the committee take Charlotte? Coastal Carolina, probably Charlotte. Definitely, even though Kentucky's a four seed, I think Kentucky gets in. I think they're definitely the third pick. So that leaves Charlotte and Coastal Carolina. You might see four. You might see five. I think four. Four safe. Again, I'm not on those committees. I'm not the one making the decisions because if I was making the decisions, even though the performance wasn't as good as it could be, the Cincinnati Bearcats would be in the top four. That comes out tomorrow, the college football playoff, and then we will react to it on Wednesday. But with the loss by Michigan State, does Cincinnati move up? Probably not. It's probably going to be Georgia. You're going to see Alabama. You're going to see Oregon. You're going to see Ohio State, and maybe the Bearcats are five. Maybe you see the Bearcats at five. That's a possibility. Whatever happens, we will, of course, break it down for you. I think the Bearcats need to be in that top four for sure. Unfortunately, the tournament is not made for that. It is not. That's why the expansion to 12, I think, is going to pick up steam. and It's going to be a lot better. If you're just joining us earlier in the program, we talked about the Mid-American Conference. Maybe it's going to be the new home for Western Kentucky, and Middle Tennessee. Uh, There was an interesting story out of the Monroe News Star about Louisiana Tech because here's Louisiana Tech sitting in this conference, and you you can look at Louisiana Tech as a program and think, okay, this might be an attractive member somewhere. But as we have seen, the schools that are left were found wanting or not meeting the requirements of the new places, the American – took the teams that it thought best served its purpose, and that was markets. The Sun Belt took the teams it thought 
served its purposes the best, and I think that was fan bases and geography, rivalries, the value there. So two different value propositions, markets, rivalries. Potential is there for all these programs to get into a better league and, and more visibility. And then you have Louisiana Tech sitting there alone with Florida International and UTEP. Those programs, of course, really no option for UTEP. Not a single peep out of anyone reaching out for UTEP. So now you add some schools. You add some schools, and you're going to add Liberty. You're going to add New Mexico State. You're going to add Sam Houston and Jacksonville State. Elevate those programs up. So there you go. You have seven. You look at what Louisiana Tech is is talking about. Their athletic director, he hasn't been there long. He was UCF's deputy athletics director for competitive excellence. That sounds like a job I want. I want to be the deputy athletic director for competitive excellence. He said there's no manual for this in the athletic director's preparation world. The past three weeks have just been unreal and trying to navigate this thing. Yeah, you have a situation where you have an athletic director new on the job trying to make this work. That sounds pretty familiar. To Marshall's credit, the guy on the job knows what he's doing, and I feel confident in where Jeff O'Malley is taking this athletic department. But at the same time, you're trying to figure out what's best for your school if you were found wanting and Louisiana Tech, Louisiana Tech Director Eric Woods, he said that we are a part of this league, so that's what we're focused on right now. So he's taking the stance that, okay, we're, we're stuck here. Let's make this the best thing we can. He said, we are not just sitting here hoping it works. We have explored those other options, but the best option for Louisiana Tech right now is to make sure we are in a league that has FBS status. They've looked at independence. That's serious. At one point, you're thinking to yourself, I'm here in this conference. You know, Maybe being an independent is going to be better for the athletic department. But he added in the story, it's a matter of looking forward. How do we position Louisiana Tech to thrive in the conference we're in? And have we invested in our program? We have to invest in our facilities. We have to invest in our student-athletes and give them a chance to compete and give our coaches a chance to get out there and recruit. We're investing now in the future. Well, it's a great attitude. And of course, you're a new athletic director. You haven't had much of a chance to really start putting your mark on the athletic department yet. So you, you have to come in. We're building. We're going to grow the athletic department. We're going to do all these things. Thankfully, if you're Marshall, you've been – putting yourself in this position for a while now. This wasn't you just woke up one day and decided, hey, let's uh, let's apply for the Sun Belt. You put together a more compelling offer because how many times have you felt that maybe Marshall was on the outside looking in? Would Marshall have been in a better situation a few years ago if you put the investment in facilities a little bit more, you, you make those financial commitments, you do those things to try try to get your athletic department to that next level how successful would Marshall have been if it could have competed in the American a few years ago and I think 
if Marshall might have stayed in the Mid-American Conference, this is all hindsight, but if Marshall would have stayed in the Mid-American Conference a few more years, I think Marshall might have been in a better position because, again, Conference USA, not the league it was promised when Marshall was applying for membership and getting in. It was not the league that you were hoping Marshall was joining because where did Louisville go? Where did Cincinnati go? Several leagues, um, you get into them, you know what you're getting. Like the Mid-American Conference, you join that league, you know what you're getting into. You join the Sun Belt, you know what you're getting into because those members aren't bolting anytime soon. Those members like the league as it stands. And as Marshall joins it, I like the league where it's going. And that's going to do it for this edition. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, we're here today at the Union Pub and Grill. We do it every Monday. Monday special, $1.50 bottles, $2 call shots. We do it not because of me. It's just the Monday special. I just happen to be here and be the beneficiary of it to spread the good news to you. And with that said, hey, thanks for joining us. It's been fun. I'm glad we could do it, and we'll do it again tomorrow. Back tomorrow here on ESPN 94.1 at AM 930. WRBC Huntington, W231BS Huntington, broadcasting from the Oscars Breakfast Burgers and Brew Studios. This is ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.